Just a quick reminder that I do now have a second podcast called Track Nerds, where I have guests on to discuss travel, exercise, and movies and TV. Check it out. Okay, enjoy the show. This is probably the biggest disparity, I would say, from one week to another week between, like, quality. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with Motorcycle Diaries, technically. I mean, it is a good movie, but, like, any movie that followed Evita was going to be the biggest disparity from week to week. (laughs) Okay, let's not mention Evita, although this movie also starts in Argentina, right? Because isn't Jay also from Argentina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. So... The biggest thing to note, and I feel like people should know this going in if they're going to watch a movie called The Motorcycle Diaries, the motorcycle doesn't make it to the halfway point of the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I had forgotten about when I went back because I'd seen this before. Yeah. And then, yeah, I went back and I rewatched it. Got, yeah, I got about an hour in and they're, they say the, the tear-filled goodbye to the motorcycle. And I'm like... I don't. I didn't remember this happening. What, they get rid of the motorcycle, right? I even checked. I even checked the timers. Like, yep, they're not even at the halfway point in the movie yeah. of a movie called right. Motorcycle Diaries. But Che himself did write. Well, you know, this is based off of the diary he was actually keeping the, yeah. during the trip, and that we see in the film. The movie didn't invent the title. I guess is what I'm saying. It, it kind of was tied to how they kind of saw this this whole trip. Now, so this is definitely going to be more nuanced than last week let's not okay we're we're done talking about last week so yes (laughs) che is a very very interesting character and the movie probably to a fault paints him as a hero yes but at the same time despite a lot of the bad things he would go on to do in his real life I do think it is probably fair to say he, his motivations were pure, even if he kind of became an extremist in how he wanted to bring about the change that he wanted. Yes, and at least at this point in his life, because so like this is this is all about before he became like Che Guevara, like the the historical figure. This is like him. How old is he at the beginning? In his, he's in his twenties, right? Right, right. Twenty three. He's, he's like, yeah, he's basically taking a break from medical school to go on this trip. Yeah. Okay. So, cutting to the end of the real life. So, it, those that don't know exactly who we're talking about, if you've seen like the famous Cuban revolutionary, and it's kind of that stenciled image of this kind of guy looking off with the you know military hat and the unkempt facial hair. It's kind of this iconic image for fighting the powers that be. And it just says Che underneath a lot of times. So that, that is Che Guevara, the revolutionary who helped Castro when the communists took over Cuba. This movie is about him as a young man going on a journey with a friend based on a real life journey that these guys actually did driving a motorcycle and then also, you know, cars and boats and various other ways getting around South America on kind of this tour they're basically backpacking around south america to kind of get to know their continent because i don't think they had ever really left argentina before so it's just kind of this coming of age story that does paint this guy as this young doctor who wants to honestly help people and kind of just how he was changed by this journey so the movie gives us that journey and it does a really really good job of making these guys seem like real young men and they're you know they're kind of you know they like they're going to mess around with girls, but then also come to help people, you know, also get in trouble for unrelated things and, you know, have car trouble, 
It's almost kind of just a, a buddy movie, and it culminates when they end up at a leper colony in Peru. Again, this is all based on history. These guys actually did end up helping at this leper colony. It really just kind of gets to them that the, the poverty they see you know, here and all throughout the continent just really, really drives home to them. And again, we know, having you know, knowing what happens in history, that that just really, really drove home. Che, you think about, again, having the communist revolution, because, again, that's what he was became super against, is people oppressing the downtrodden, and he wanted to fight for the downtrodden. And he does hint in the movie, they, they, again, you kind of have to know the history outside of this movie to really even notice the line, but he kind of just says that a revolution without violence can't work. And he kind of drops hints like that, that, no, if we're going to change things, it's going to have to be violent. And the guy... In the movie, is not a violent guy. He, you know, would hardly even get in a fight with people. They run away from fights. But, right, big revolution. He does basically say, "Nope, it's going to have to be armed." And we know that he does go on to again. He was helping Castro take over Cuba. And again, we'll get into more some details there because again, I don't want to say his actions are justified. It's similar to what we talked about with the Middle East, where Middle Eastern terrorism that we've seen over the last few decades. I'm not going to. You can't justify any acts of terror, but there are roots. But you can understand why the under the, <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to say this. Their actions are they're understandable. They're not they're not necessarily justifiable. Right. You can understand their thinking and how they might get to that place. Right. Yes. And that's and that's the same with Che. He thought yes. he was overthrowing the suppressive powers and was helping the downtrodden. He was okay with killing right. the oppressors to do so. Right. And and a lot of it was because of this in this journey is where he sees the disparity between the the haves and the have-nots. Right. And basically sees it as not just like an Argentinian problem or a Peruvian problem, yes. he sees it as like an overall humanity problem. Yeah, exactly. Right. And not even just like, oh, South America needs to be fixed. Like, this, he's like an issue with, with all of humanity. Right. So again, here from the Wikipedia page, it kind of talks about how, you know, from studying Marxism and Leninism, he kind of came to believe that the reason, not just that the, you know, people are oppressing the poor, that the third world is poor because of imperialism and because of capitalism. And so the only solution in his mind to lift these people up is a big worldwide revolution. Yeah. So he kind of just went all over Latin America dealing with some of these things. And again, in his mind, people like the United States were the bad guy. So... Well, and at this point in time, in some places, kind of were. <sighs> yeah, yeah. We were doing it for our own self-interest, but that's just it. We were we were doing internationally illegal things to further our mm -hmm. our own interests and, and the rules have maybe changed since then and, and we go we've gone through periods of you know during world war ii we were mostly the good guy but then in the 50s we were a lot of times the bad guy yeah a lot of uh exploitation of, uh, of these countries where Guevara, you know eventually became popular right okay yeah so like for example in guatemala we helped overthrow their leader because again it was uh it says like at the behest of the united fruit company mm -hmm. that we helped basically regime change to help a business out how is that our role the role of the government at all so of course you know guevara sees that and it's just like oh no way and then he meets the he meets the castros in mexico and helps them uh overthrow a u.s backed Cuban dictator. Right. 
who we were cool with because he didn't like communism. He played ball. Even though he was a dictator, he was anti-communist. So. Yeah, he was basically our dictator. Right. Just like over, you know, just like in Iran, when we overthrow the democratically elected Shah because he didn't want to play ball with us. So we need to get rid of him and put someone else. Of course, then that leads to the revolution. Anyway, so then after the Cuban Revolution, Guevara kind of just continues. He kind of has an important role in their government there and kind of bounces around. And then ultimately, he was captured in Bolivia by, again, Bolivian forces that were assisted by our own CIA. And he was executed. So again, despite his seemingly pure intentions a lot of time, this was a guy who would just blatantly murder his political opponents, was against the free press, yeah, and also says put uh, homosexuals in forced labor camps. So this wasn't a good guy. But I would say, though, compared to, like, say something like a Stalin or, I don't know, you know, we'll just use Stalin as, as the proxy here, but someone who, I mean, they don't care about Marxism. Stalin didn't care about Marxism and bringing the people up. He cared about being no, in power. he just wanted to be in power, yeah. I would say, however, Che even though he was ruthless and at times cruel, was wanting to help the greater good and does not seem to have cared about power or have been particularly ambitious. And I think maybe that's why he stands out as this, you know, the symbol. And you can find posts, you can buy posters of Che on Amazon right now. Right. I mean, yes, but also he never really had like a like a, a large mechanism by which to institute policies where he could have maybe done even worse stuff. Oh, like basically, oh, right. If he had actually been in power, would we be right. talking about him as one of the great dictators of all time? Right. He just never actually had that power. But again, I'm saying he didn't necessarily even seem to seek that power. He was just, sure. he was just kind of the guy behind the scenes assisting those. Yeah, but yes, once, they, once the Castros take power, it's not like he was against them being in charge or against what anything they were doing. Right. Yeah. So back to the movie a little bit. It was kind of cool. So his actual buddy that Guevara went on this trip with makes a cameo at the end of the movie. Did you catch that? That's, that old guy was the actual yeah. guy. Yeah. That's the, it's, uh, Oh my gosh, what's the dude's name? Um, Alberto uh, Jimenez. Yes, who yeah, yeah, yeah. who uh, who was who was a doctor and everything and a writer and was a when he was young was a friend uh, of Guevara and he seemed to live a more kind of normal life after that and was not the revolutionary that Che was, but they were friends when they were younger and I think he actually wrote the memoir called uh, "Traveling with Che Guevara: The Making of a Revolutionary," which the movie was partially. Uh, based on as well as of course i think chase mm-hmm. own writings so the other thing i want to mention in the movie is more on their time at the leper colony because we've seen leprosy before in something like ben her and mm-hmm. che and his companion really take issue with how the lepers are being treated so they're they're down in, is it the is it the amazon there in peru or is it a different river i was lose track of where the amazon is i was thinking the amazon being more in brazil <laughs> It's the San Pablo leper colony. The Amazon does flow through the northern part of Peru. Okay. But that being said, I don't know if Che makes the swim across the Amazon River or one of the many, many tributaries oh, and offshoots right, that are around right. this area. Because, okay. I mean, the, the Amazon River is like a mile wide at this part of the river. Right. Okay, and where he crosses it in the movie, it does not appear to be that wide because they can. They're still shouting at him across when he's all the way across, so you can't shout across right. a mile. It, but yes, yeah, so yeah, that's kind of where I was going though. That they have the lepers living on one side of the river, and the, all the doctors and nuns and everything treating them live on the other side of the river. Even though they say that once leprosy is treated, it's no longer communicable. 
then so Che kind of then says like, well, so if it's not contagious, why why do we need to wear gloves? It's like, well, we don't. It's just the rule and the rule and the nuns are real strict on the rules. And Che's like, no, screw that. And basically, the lepers love him because he actually starts treating them like regular people he goes and he's playing soccer with them he's hugging them without any kind of you know gloves or anything on because again they're not contagious so he's like what's the big deal right which is something that i actually learned from this movie yeah oh yeah i mean i i I looked it up later but like no it's true i had always thought that because you always hear about you know leper colonies or like treating someone like a leper you know you isolate them right and I, I thought that that was legit. I thought that like, oh, leprosy is super contagious. If you touch somebody, like all your fingers will fall off. Well, it's hard not to think that because why are they, why are they isolated? Why are they isolated into their own colony then? Well, is because people didn't understand. Right. Okay. You know, back in you know in ancient times, people didn't understand why you would catch leprosy. But it's only transmitted, I think, by like mucus and saliva. Like it's not even touching right like right. if you shake hands with someone that has leprosy it's you probably won't get right. leprosy it's like you have to have like repeated contact with mucus and saliva from that person to get it because it is kind of a, i think i remember researching it for ben her that it was kind of a bacterial infection yeah yeah that being said this is not medical advice you know if you oh yeah around leprosy for sure wash your hands <laughs> <laughs> don't go hugging lepers and blaming us. <laughs> but if you don't hug them, we're going to think you're a horrible monster, too. So. Yeah, yeah, you know. So um, anyway, but yeah, it just it just kind of highlights how Che definitely saw everybody as equal. And an idea that they addressed in the movie and that he had in real life was he kind of saw this perfect Latin world where everyone from northern Mexico all the way down to southern Argentina and Chile saw themselves as one united people. That was kind of a dream of his to not not feel as separated by by the countries and to to feel as a united people that could speak up together on the world stage and look out for each other. And they kind of work into the nickname Che in the movie too. When they're in Chile, a couple of girls are kind of and again. It was kind of once they said like a quirk of their accent to the way they pronounce a certain thing that just Chilean girls were like Che Che. Like I don't even know what word they were talking about. They kind of called them both Che. One of their dads calls them like little che and chubby che and oh yeah because yeah one of them is fat che and the other one is skinny che yeah or something like that. yeah and it's yeah. almost just kind of a almost kind of a joke about argentinian accents within the latin american world is the way i understood it so then when he's going all around latin america and outside of argentina yeah then everyone just kind of starts calling him che and so he's che guevara as history would know him and man this might be another short one too yeah is the issue it's not really an issue but just because like the movie is about Che Guevara, but it's not about when he's doing the stuff that he's really known for. Correct. You know, correct. And that even gets ahead of our timeline a little bit here. Cause yeah. What, what, yeah. what, what year do we say this was set in? Or I don't know if we did say, but yeah, this is uh, set in 1952. So all this happens right. in 1952 when he's 23 years old. So he, he was killed in the late sixties. So yeah, I mean, shoot, yeah. honestly. So he was young. I mean, he was, he died when he was 30. He was killed when he was 39. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. Going back, he was anti-imperialist, and and he was like you said, he you know wanted the the kind of one identity of all Latin Americans to kind of have solidarity together. But he also like he went to the Congo, um, like he went to Africa to help advise and assist in communist revolutions there uh, before he came back to Bolivia. So after Cuba, before Bolivia, okay. he was in Africa. So I mean, he was. He he definitely you know saw the movement as a as a global thing and not just something that he wanted to 
happen in, in Latin America. Yeah, you almost trying to you almost wish if he had uh, somehow been able to advocate just as successfully for nonviolent means, he, right. would, he would have had a completely different different life and uh, would have been viewed and a different legacy too. Probably. A, yes, exactly a different a different legacy for sure. Shoot, I mean, how is what he wanted that much different than what Gandhi wanted? But how Gandhi went about it and Gandhi's character night and day. And you know, I can't argue with Gandhi's success compared to Che's then either, too. I mean, what did Che ultimately end up accomplishing? He put the communists in charge of Cuba, which, how good was that for the Cuban people, ultimately? So what what exactly yeah. is his legacy? But yeah, I- interesting character. I think the nuance, not just with Che, but just kind of, that kind of highlights, I think, the nuance that exists with a lot of historical figures. And honestly, hey, people in your own life. Just every, everything is complicated. Don't paint people with, with a broad brush. We could almost make that the name, make that the name of the podcast. Everything is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be an appropriate <laughs> subtitle for sure. Okay, so yes, thanks for listening, and tune in next week when we will deal with McCarthyism in the United States. And good night and good luck. Yeah.